It is Monday, March 2nd, 2015, and this is Gig Gab Podcast Episode 4. Still in the testing phase, though I have a feeling this one will be released here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And out in Las Gatas, California, Paul Kent. Gig Gab Podcast, the podcast for working musicians, I believe is our tagline, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Paul? That pretty much says it all. I, well, it, it, if that said it all, though, then we'd be done with the episode, uh, wouldn't we? <laughs> I think it says who we are and why we are here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're here because we're friends and we play music and we like to talk about that. So that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, so we've, we've passed some things around, but you, you had a, an interesting little thread that started on Facebook that kind of went a different direction, I guess, but I, I would love to kind of start at the beginning of that thread and, and see where we take it. Um, so it, why don't you tell us where, tell us what happened. Tell us what you posted. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, my wife did a wonderful job of banging on me about ever posting anything about politics on Facebook. She, you know, I did it early on and invariably the conversations spin out of control and I don't do that anymore. And actually I've learned to use Facebook and a little bit more kind of develop that online persona where I'll give you about as much of me as I want to give. But every once in a while I forget. And sure. this, would be one of, this would be one of those examples. So I made a post on my personal Facebook page and in essence, what the post said was I am not one for asking people to support live music. My belief is that bands should go out and kill and the audiences will then find them and spread the word. And, and that's, that's what your job is. But this concept of supporting live music is kind of a hollow, I think what I call today, um, like a false altruism, like, most people who say support live music, they're not really saying support live music. They're saying, please come support me in the name of supporting live music. And I have an issue with that. So I posted this and this started a huge discussion. The discussion was from, remember, it's my personal page. So some people who know me that I play music, they're like, I don't have any problem telling people to support live music. I love, I, I'm, a, I'm a consumer of live music and I like telling people that they should go out and see live music. And I'm like, and you are totally entitled to do that. But many, many, many musician friends started weighing in and the perceptions were all over the place. One guy weighed in who was a who was a um, an event booker and he had a perception and uh, and a lot of musicians and the range of discussion. And, and I should say this. Here's the lesson learned. We just many musicians just kind of aired a lot of thoughts seen by by consumers of live music. Yeah. May, you know, this forum is good because we're pretty much talking to musicians, but that, you know, using Facebook and I get have a personal page, I have a, have a page for my band. I did it on my personal page. It's kind of like a personal. This is what I believe. Sure. And I should have known better. I should have known you put it out there and you're going to get more stuff. So and the, and the range uh, and I have no problem with anybody's perspective. I may disagree with them, but some people say, no, it's musicians responsibility to promote the craft of live music. And we should all be telling people support live music. There's nothing wrong with that. And other people were like, no, I agree. You know, your job is to go get good at what you do and go do a good job of it and let the rest take care of themselves. And then many, many um, perspectives in between. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about it? Yeah. So I, you know, I think support live music or support insert your art here, right? Because I hear it about support local theater. I get, I get that a lot in the circles I travel in sometimes. And I, I think it has become a catchphrase and few of us, in fact, my, myself included until I read your post, 
I never really thought about what you're actually saying when you say support live music, because you pointed out that this is putting the burden on consumers to simply support it for the sake of supporting it, as opposed to, like you said, supporting, you know, it's up to the band or, or it's up to the entertainer to deliver. Right. And, and, and then you will continue to do that. So for me, uh, I will never, I don't know that I've ever said support live music. I don't know that I've ever said support local theater, but I've certainly believed in those causes, but my belief in them is, is very similar to yours. It's more consider live music or consider local theater, consider this thing. You know, someone may not go out to see live music. They they may only go to, uh, you know, to the big enormous dome close to them and, and go see the Eagles or, you know, whoever that's going to be, uh, but would never go out to a bar and, and watch a band. So to that person, I wouldn't say support live music. I'd say consider live music, right? Consider local live music. And I think that's what we're going after here. We're not saying that, you know, these arenas are, are uh, unfull and, and people, are, you know, like Madonna's not making enough money. And so you really got to support her because <laughs> other, right. I mean, that's not what we're saying here, right? No. We're saying support local live music, local live music. Yeah. So, and I, so I'd I, say consider that as an entertainment option for your evening. And then from there, choose the the you know the entertainment that 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 speaks to you so see i'm still on the other side of this david okay and the reason is this i think if your band delivers the goods and is an entertaining regardless of what genre you're in sure polka blues yeah right you know big band whatever it is if you are an entertaining band and you move people with music this is the great promise of music if you do it right the rest should take care of itself. People will want to come and they'll tell people, they'll tell their friends about the experience. I mean, and that's, that's the way it'll be. The problem I have amongst, you know, kind of what I said, and it's often a, a, a um, kind of a, a divulging, it's kind of pointing people in the wrong direction, support live music. Does that mean go see live music, even if it's bad? I mean, even if it's a guy who's a hack, I mean, remember wh- one of the things we have at, at play here. One of the people posted about how, you know, in, in a perfect world, it's an interplay between the musician and the audience and the venue. But I really feel we live far from a perfect world. I mean, venues are out to, you know, they're not supporting live music no. in general. Not they're most supporting, of them. Right. right. You know, it, it's rare. The venue owner that has a vested stake in the arts. He's just trying to make money and it's selling, selling booze, right? That's selling right. Tickets. Yep. That's, that's most of the time. Um. So this concept of, you know, everyone should go out and support live music. And if it's not good, don't, don't go, go, go see that person again. See, I think that's where the trap is. I mean, I actually think the bar to entry, we, we work, the reality of what we do is that their bar to entry is pretty low. You know, there are guys who practice all the time and are, are technical wizards and, you know, just fantastic talents. And they're often, you know, in the local scene mixed in with the, you know, the very casual weekend warriors with not a great filter for their own qualitative control. Yep. They're all in this together. Right. Yep. And so, you know, I have no problem if I go out and see a, a, a buddy's band or, 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 or come across somebody, I have no problem at all saying, Oh, Hey, I caught a show last night. If you like this type of music, this guy was great. Right? Sure. But just this kind of altruistic, I called it coerced altruism, right? It's not about supporting live music. Every musician, in my opinion, and let me say that again. In my opinion, everybody has a responsibility to 
honor the art, go out and crush it when they get the privilege of being on a stage. And then if you do it right, and if you learn your craft and practice your craft, refine your craft, keep going at it, keep going at it, you will, you will develop an audience and audiences spread very virally, you know, because word gets out that you're doing yeah. something that is worth someone's time. So that, you know, that essentially was, was my rant there is that supporting live music for live's music's sake, because we need a scene. And if everybody doesn't say, you know, please, you know, support this, you know, it'll fall apart. All the, all the, that's very altruistic and all the moving parts aren't aligned for scenes to actually work that way. The venues are out for themselves. These days there's so few gigs and so many musicians. It is competitive. I mean, as much as we kind of want to support everybody, there's only X amount of weekend nights and there's only X amount of gigs for many genres. Um, and so how do you get the gig? Be better than everybody else. Go that's learn right. your craft. I mean, I, and I, that's, it, that's know, my it's, it's, um, So I don't think we're that far apart. I, I, I think what, I, what I'm saying is, is when you're considering going out for the evening, don't forget that there's this option of going to see live music too. You might choose to go to a movie. You might choose to do something else, but you know, this is of all the things that are available to you. This is something on the list that I think a lot of people forget about. Right. And, and then from there, you you know, you should pick the, the, the band or bands that, that speak to you and, and all that. Now you said, and if you're good, it'll work. Well, that's not entirely true. If you market yourself well, that's, that's part of being good, though. But that I, right, I, right, okay, yeah. So it's an umbrella, right? Uh, one of the, in fact, one of the guys that both of us know um, had made this point about how incredibly hard it is to be a working musician. About you know your time on stage is just a small part that's of right. what you do as a true working musician. You, you know, you're marketing yourself, you're selling yourself, all these types of things. You have to be good at all aspects of being a musician. I mean, and I, I think that isn't said often enough. I mean, you have to practice. You have to, at the end of the day, the most important thing, be good at the craft of playing music. But you know, if your presentation is bad, if your stage demeanor is not, you know, appropriate, um, if you're, um, you know, if you're doing all these other things to make it difficult for people to find you, right. then you're doing yourself a disservice. And so, you know, like I said, the bar to entry in this thing that we love to do is not that high. And so I think support live music lowers the bar that says people should just go out, you know, regardless, because if we don't do it, music will go away. I don't, I don't believe that. I, I think, I think, you know, no, it'll never go away. Raise the bar, raise the yes. bar In, insist, you know, you'd rather see hear about clubs that are like, you know, I, I'm going to bring in good music because good music will delight people later. But you know, the reality is, I see it around here. There's always going to be that one band where, uh, you know, it's, it's very much casual part-timers. Again, nothing wrong with that. You're playing music. It's great. But, you know, four times a year, wives, girlfriends, kids, parents can do a great job filling a room. That's right. Even if the band isn't that good, a venue will take that 99 times out of 100. That's right. And, well, that because that's what it, and and that's the thing is you as a band, you have to. Uh, align uh, if you choose to play club gigs, right? You have to align yourself with their interests. That's the only way it's going to work. It's the only way you'd get invited back. So you might as well align your interests with them uh, out of the gate. And, and and you know, and this, I mean, there's a whole, there's a lot of spinoff conversations that we could have here. It actually drives me crazy 
that bars uh, want bars expect bands to bring crowds in. And yet they want to dictate every aspect of the evening. Right. right? This is this is stupid to me. It doesn't it doesn't actually make sense, but it's fine. It works out because, you know, a bar says, okay. Uh, we want you to play, uh, we, you know, pay in this range and we, uh, set the time that you're going to play from, you know, whatever, 10 to midnight 30 or, you know, whatever the, whatever the time they, they dictate all of it and they say, make sure to bring all your people out and that's fine, but it selects, it, it forces them into, and this isn't necessarily bad for the bar. Again, it's, it's about aligning yourself with them, but that means that that bar is only going to get bands that will attract people from 10 o'clock to midnight 30, right? If yep. you've got a, a crowd that would trend probably not later than that in most locales, you can't have music going later than that. But, uh, but if you've got a crowd that trends earlier than that, you will never fill that bar. Right. You know, and, and so it's weird to me that bars would want, would not want to have a dialogue going. And, and I don't see this often enough. Uh, you know, but it would make sense to me that a bar would want to say, okay, hey, uh, you know, what works for you? And it does that fit in our in our world or no, maybe it doesn't. And okay, so you're the wrong band for us. But bars don't do that. They don't even think to ask that question. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole it's a whole other topic. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's let's play, you know, Sims, the bar owner. Right. 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 You know, and, and you and I don't know what we don't know. We've never owned a bar, Mm-mm. but the talking top layer of philosophy that seems to make sense. If I owned a bar, I don't think I would put it all on a different band every night. I would want to control my destiny and build an audience for my venue. Bingo. That knew that there would be quality music that, you know, if you're going to build as variety, whatever, you know, there was a, a, a bar in this town. Uh, it's, it's gone now, but, um, one guy owned it and he did a good job and it had a, it had a local draw to which each band added and, and he did pretty well. Sure. He sold the bar and the guy um, had country night, Wednesday night, heavy metal night, Thursday night, um, you know, DJ Friday night and, you know, some other. But, you know, this did not appeal to the same people. I, I don't know that I would do that, you know, again, amateur bar owner. Right. But it seems to me like, you know. A blues bar, you know, there's going to be blues seven nights a week. That's a thing. That's a that's a brand, right? It to is. use a to use an overused term, what does your bar stand for? And uh, and I would want to control my own destiny just from a business standpoint. And so, you know, my perspective would be I would invest in building an audience so I'm not beholden to a bunch of part time marketers every night of the week, hoping that they'll draw. And if they don't, I lose money. But I'd had, you know, I didn't do anything to, to change my situation. No, it, it, that's it. And I, there are some uh, there are many successful clubs that follow that model. It, it, but the ones that don't, it just make me scratch my head. And it's like, you know, you, you dictated everything about this evening. And now you're telling me that you want me to fill your bar. That doesn't make any. Why, how does that even make sense? Right. I'm, and but it does, because, again, like you said, the, the, the barrier to entry is low. So all you need to do is, you know, find bands that that have that. And if you can do that successfully, then you will fill your bar every night. But I think a, a much better thing is to have for bars that I found that are successful long term with live music are bars that have their own crowds. That is a, a base. And certainly if if the band can bring people in, that's great. But, uh, you know, in the 
in the uh, last couple of years, we've with fling, especially we've been uh, kind of trending toward doing our own shows uh, four or five times a year kind of thing. And, uh, and we've basically stopped promoting our bar gigs um, at, because we don't want to cannibalize into the, the, the shows that we promote on our own, where the entirety of the night is rests on our shoulders and we we're, we're going to fill the place and right all of that. And, and we've even told bars that they're like, Oh, don't forget to promote it. It's like, well, actually, no, no, this is, you hired us. We're not going to promote this. We're not going to, and they, go that goes over that they, they, they'll, they, they'll let you play even without promoting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We just tell them, look, this is how it is. I mean, we'll put it on our schedule, but we're not, it's not like we hide the fact that we're playing, but we, we do not go out of our way to promote most of these types of gigs. Sometimes we do. If it, if it falls in the right time, again, if we have the ability, if either by, by, by happenstance or if with working with the club, we have the ability to kind of put the gig at a right time. And it's like, okay, playing there at this time on this night or at this point in the month or, you know, wherever it is, this makes sense. Great. We can, you know, we can work together on it. But honestly, if I'm going to do that, I want more than just a guarantee out of the bar. And, you know, we can extract what you're talking about there because what we're saying is going back to our original conversation. Yeah. You know, you know, as a band that you can amass an audience, you can, you can eventually essentially make your contribution to your community's live music scene because you're good because you, you deliver the goods with your show and your music yep. and you deliver the goods with your marketing. Yep. And if, and if the right venue isn't going to, you know, support that or line that you just do it yourself, which is actually genius. Not everybody can do that and kind of get that far along. You know, if, if every band in town tried to do their own gigs all the time, that it would be an interesting mess, but yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing, you know, the house rockers, we certainly do a couple things a year that we self promote and we kind of get a rhythm in that sense of things, but this is the whole thing. Support live music. I don't, you know, I don't think it's our job to, to continue to support blindly just because it's live music, right? Take what, take care of your own business, take care of your own house. Yeah. Make your band the best it can be run your business of your band the best that you can. And that's your contribution. And you know, your contribution to a local music scene is to add something to people's lives by playing great music. You you know, I don't know if the guy over at at club X, if he, you know, I've never heard him before. I'm not going to say go out and see him just for the sake of seeing him. If I do see somebody, like I said, I I have no problem saying, Hey, caught some cool live music. We want to tell you about it. I have no problem using social media for that type of thing. Sure. That's the point. Right. But this, yeah. Uh, coerced altruism, asking people to support live music because uh, we live in a cultural wasteland now. I, I, you know, I don't think that's every band's responsibility. Your responsibility is to move people with your music and be, you know, be a good citizen of your musical community. But that doesn't mean blindly, uh, you know, carrying this flag that uh, that you have. to. And, and, and it all goes back to my very first point. Most people who say support live music what they're really saying is come support see me. me yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that burns me actually just really bad yeah no you're right it it's um well it you control your own destiny you don't just you know it's not if you play it they will come right there's there's a lot more to it than that and and if if all you're doing is playing it they shouldn't come that you you need to do more you need to i mean it's yeah you, know, you said it the, it the the most important thing is being able to play your instrument sadly that's not actually true 
right? <laughs> well, seriously, if you've, if you've got a great personality on your stage and you've got a good looking lead singer and you do a great job marketing and you're very popular and you've got tons and tons of friends, uh, you can fill a bar and you can play music at that bar and your friends will support you. Yeah, but, but your soul will be just so sad. Yeah, maybe, but if you know, it's ignorance is bliss, right? If you don't know how bad you are and your friends don't care how bad you are, so they don't tell you. <laughs> That's they, funny. Right. But it's true. Yeah. We've seen it. You know, I've, we've seen bands that are, I mean, we've seen bands that, that, that do this for a living and make, you know, seven figure incomes that actually can't play their instruments all that well. And it's like, okay, well, Hey, they, they are entertaining. They're enter. That's it. It's you're in the entertainment business. And at some level you're in the beer sales business. And so, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. If that's, that's reality, that's reality, but you don't have to be in the beer sales business, right? You, you, you do have to be in the entertainment business because that's sort of the core of all of this, but yeah, entertainment I, comes in many forms. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our, our job is, I would, let me just say, you, you got to be good at your instrument. You got to be good at your craft and your craft at the end of the day is entertaining. If you're going to go up there and say, I'm a virtuoso guitarist and that's what you're, you're saying your craft is. But if you say, I am a, a, a musician. I am here to entertain you. And you get up there and you play Neil Diamond covers and it puts a smile on everybody in the place's face. God bless you. Go out and, you know, have hey, a good career doing that. Right. Nothing wrong up. with that. Nothing wrong with just, it. Just, you know, we all aspire to be, uh, we hope everyone is aspiring to, uh, to, you know, this is the journey, lifelong journey about being good at these stringed or skinned or brass or whatever, you know, things that we touch. Yeah. Or just singing, just, you know, or, yeah, singing whatever your instrument is so yeah. um are we done with this one have we have we beat this one uh, I, I made my point yeah, yeah i made I'm my good. yeah um i i had something i wanted to, to throw in you know we talked about vanity songs in the the last show and and of yeah. course originals were basically at the top of that list right you, you know because and and even even subdividing it down further at the, at the top of that list would be new originals that no one has heard before. Right. So there's no way that these people could identify with this tune and, uh, or certainly they, they don't, you know, it's, it's not something they've heard. Um, we played on, on Saturday night and had a couple of new originals. Actually, I, I guess we only played one of the brand new ones. So it was the, literally the first time we we trotted this this uh, particular song out and put it in the, you know, kind of the fifth song of the first set slot. It was a two set night. It was a late start. It was a 10 o'clock start um, and just figured, you know, we'll, we'll play it and get it out and, and see how it goes. That was the song that people got up and started dancing to right away. Amazing. Immediately. Cool. Yep. People who did not know you. It was people who did not know us. That's right. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I want to retrench on this. So, you know, I have friends who are who make original music and I see, you know, it's, it's a hard thing. It's, it's a hard, not a lot of venues to get it out there. They mix it in with covers, you know, to kind of like you yep. know, create a wider net of places to get gigs. They sweat for their craft. You know, they you know, these songs are like their children. They really, you know, put a lot of heart and soul into it. I have tried over the years you know, I, I, I am not a good original artist. I have written stuff and I look at it always and think it's not good enough. Nobody will ever care about this. My own personal need for therapy. will take it up on another episode, <laughs> but, but I, I have to say, you know, I, I enjoy playing covers. This, this is the music that moves me and, you know, the memories that, that are stirred in me by playing, music. but I have immense respect for people who go out and have something original to say 
and are expressing it in this you know kind of creative manner. And, and, and you know, the, it, I have I have my opinions about you know the t- styles of music I like, but just the uh, the the desire to express through original music is just it's amazing to me. I mean, I just I'm in awe of people who can get it done. Yeah, and 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 I I will not stand on that pedestal. I am merely a supporting act in in this um, or supporting cast member. I I I do not write. I've written exactly one song that went anywhere, uh, and by went anywhere, I mean was actually played by a band that, <laughs> and it actually did okay. We we had you know it was a minor hit on college radio back in the nineties. Um, it was one of our more popular tunes. So you know, feather in the cap and all that. But but there's that this was a one off. You know. You get lucky once and I left it alone from there. So. <laughs> but I, you hit but your, I go ahead. You hit your dinger. You hit your dinger and you walked around. You, you circled the bases and you were done. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, but but I really like working with excellent songwriters. And, and it's such a pleasure to be able to be, you know, even a small part of of what it what you know, what it takes to get a song from, you know, inception in someone's head to there it is. We're playing it live and and someone's reacting to it. You know that that's a cool thing to be a part of. And we I you know, I I can easily count on one hand the number of originals we played the other night. We should have played more. Yeah, you get into kind of we had more on the set list and then people were up and moving and, and you know, things kind of flow. And then and then you then you think, well, we don't want to play another original because that might send them back. You know, <laughs> you don't know. It's it's hard to I know. Say. Yeah. Have you recorded your originals? Do you sell them at your gigs? We don't, and we should. That's something um, we've actually been asked? talking about. Yeah. You get asked if you know? Can I buy a CD? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I would, I would give the songs away for free, uh, just to uh, help people build familiarity with them. Although they, you know, there is a, a school of thought there that selling them even cheaply gives them more value in people's minds. And so, oh, yeah. right. You know what I mean? Give it away and they might not ever listen to it, but, but make them pay a small amount for it. And now they're invested. So, and they seem, you know, when people approach you to gig, they seem to be ready to buy. So oh, it yeah. seems like, yeah, I mean, that's the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do uh, admire original musicians. I wish I could get out of my head and actually commit some stuff down. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a long-term goal of mine to try and express something that, I think people would, would want to hear. And uh, it's also that whole thing about kind of diving into your, into your psyche and, you know, and pulling stuff out. I just, Oh God, that seems painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Probably good in the end, but, uh, but yeah, definitely a, a an interesting process. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, I want to, I want to, I'm sure as we do this show, more of these things will evolve, Paul, but I, I had this idea, um, it's a thought that I've had uh, on the stage hundreds of times. It, and I, I don't want to turn it into a little segment here that uh, we'll loosely call views from the stage. Mm-hmm. And, and that being, you know, those of us that, that get to do what we do and it truly is a privilege to get to do what we do right. You know, in front of people, we're able to play and, and do this thing that we love to do and, and get reactions and all of these. It's, it's fantastic. And any of anybody that does it, should know this and probably does, but we have an interesting vantage point because a lot of people tend to forget that there is no actual visual barrier between the state, the front of the stage uh, between the band and the, and the crowd. 
And, and, you know, it's, it's that fourth wall uh, syndrome, right? You know, people say, oh, it's just, it's like watching TV. They can't see me. It's like, no, 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 we're, we're actually right here, you know? So there have been many things over uh, my time in playing, and I'm sure for you too, and I'm sure for everybody that, that listens, um, that we've seen that are just interesting. And, and so I had one on Saturday night that I wanted to, to share with you, Paul, because I, I found it. It was one of those things I saw it sort of develop and it, it made me laugh in the moment and, and it, it kind of gave me a chuckle. So uh, for the second set, we have I have mentioned that I'm, I've been involved in local theater. Um, our guitar player's wife is very much involved in local theater. She's an excellent singer and actress. And so we wound up having the casts of. I think it, at least two productions that were happening locally in, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on Saturday night, maybe even three different casts. So there were a lot of theater, what I, what I fondly call theater folk, um, actors and, and singers in the crowd for the second set. And as often happens, uh, the percentage of gay men in the theater community is, is much higher than, than I think the, you know, the, the average, so it was not weird for us to to look out and I saw two guys um, dancing. I mean, they weren't close dancing, but they were clearly, you know, interacting with each other. And at this point in time, they were the only two up on the dance floor, which was kind of funny because you never see two guys. Right. And then I saw it happen. This one girl started kind of moseying toward the stage and she had been there all night. And uh, and so I knew she probably didn't know these guys. And she gets up and starts trying to interact with these guys. <laughs> And they completely ignored her. Poor <laughs> I, girl. I know. <laughs> yeah. Know your audience, dude. <laughs> yeah. And and she uh, she kind of looked at at us and shrugged her shoulders, like, "The heck is going on here?" <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, sorry, this is you know, sorry, this is just not going to work out for you right That's now." So funny. Yep. <laughs> I have a theory. Drummers actually. So so I will often get feedback from the drummer in the house rockers. He he sees everything. So mm. he sees what's happening, you know, what, what, how, how the band is interacting with each other. And, you know, he, he has the best vantage point. I know, you know, being a front man, often when I'm singing, I'm trying to emote, but either, you know, there are periods of the song where my eyes are closed or yeah. I'm focused on, you know, one person or a group of people or whatever it might be. But drummers actually seem, so you've said this to me in, you know, in the group that we played in, you know, great gauge, of how songs are going over really that whole, like are people into it? Even if they're not dancing that very nebulous aesthetic, you know, there that are people like nodding their heads or singing along if they know it or, you know, that like vibe of if something's working drummers, I think have a better vantage point for this. Um, and also if you're the one who's singing the song, you're incredibly emotionally invested at that moment. You're not in your sane mind to kind of like evaluate all the data that you would need to evaluate to see if something's working or not. So drummer uh, in my band, I get great feedback as to, yeah, you know, the band was really focused on that song. Uh, we were very entertaining in, in that moment. You know, the horn section had a little step that they just did, you know, all of a sudden or God, what you and, you know, and the keyboard player did was, you know, a lot of people noticed that, you know, even if it's a moment that I think is just between me and the keyboard player, you know, you're kind of like focused on that. But Joe, you know, sees all and he gives me great feedback about what works and what doesn't work. And I think I don't know if you know this, but I, I think that is a unique perspective of power that a drummer has on stage. 
Well, I have, I, you're totally right. And, and when I'm singing, especially singing lead on a tune, my, my perspective is completely skewed because I'm so, there's so much going on. Right. I mean, yeah. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. So maybe this isn't, uh, views from the stage. It's views from the stool. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I do. And I, what I've, I've noticed about me noticing that is, you know, I, I do sing and I sing um, a lot of harmonies, but I don't sing every harmony. You know, if, if it's worked out between other people, I, I stay out of it. And that's probably worth a conversation, you know, uh, all by itself about when when to jump in on vocals and when not to. But we'll save that for another time. But what I've noticed is because I'm typically set up behind everyone, um I'm able to see when someone is going to go up and start singing. Now, if it's, if it's a harmony that I'm supposed to sing with them, uh, I know to lock in or maybe, Oh, Nope. He's going to, you know, play another solo through. So I'm not going to do it. Or the guy who's singing the lead is going up to sing. And the dude who's supposed to sing that harmony is off in his own world. I'll pick that harmony up and, and blend it. So, so I've noticed that, yes, I tend I've noticed that I'm more perceptive on stage. I feel like I'm more perceptive on stage than everybody else. And maybe that does come from just being in the, in the drum stool and you, you know, somebody has got to hold it all together. There, there yeah, needs I to think, be that glue. Yeah. And this is the role of the drummer. I mean, you know, obviously it's laying down the beat, but it is also that beat is metaphorical. You know, it's, it's about the cohesion of the entire band starts from the drummer out. I think that's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, Charlie would, Charlie Watts would be the, the epitome of that, right? I mean, the, the stones are the stones, but Charlie has always said it's his band, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Quite famously. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. And, and I, I think because, uh, good drummers, uh, understand that their role is, is, is to set that foundation for the whole group. I, I just saw that, that movie whiplash. Did you see that? <sighs> yeah. I watched it on the plane on the way down to Florida. Oh, so, so good. you know, and it's another Facebook discussion. I, you know, I posted something. I thought it was a great movie and a bunch of drummers were like, no, the, the whole concept of the rudiments was all off and nobody learns drums like that. But, but aside the point, the most interesting thing in that movie was the subtle, stubborn, strong personality of the main character standing up to, you know, to his music teacher and, yeah. you know, not taking any crap. That is, you know, we learn to play our instruments, but our instruments, we've probably chosen them because they are a, a um, an extension of us. Right. And right. so this is what the drummer This is. I, I don't know that I will ever want to play in a band where a drummer doesn't have that perspective or a guy knows I am your foundation. You guys can layer it on, t- but I'm, it all starts with me and you guys will layer on top of me. Well, that's yeah. I watched it with my daughter uh, who's also a drummer and, and is strong willed and has exactly what you're talking about. She, you know, when she's on stage, it doesn't matter how big the band is. It's her band that she's running, you know, during the show, uh, even if there's a conductor, right. You know, you have to have that mindset like, no, no, you know, th- this is where it is right now. And, yeah. and you have to have that confidence. Otherwise it falls apart. But, um, and then my wife watched it, uh, on the way back on the plane ride back. So we were discussing it. My son watched it too. So we were, you know, the, the discussion sort of rekindled after the two of them watched it on the, on the plane ride home. And, uh, and, and the, the, the point that came out was, man, you never want to wrong your drummer because if there's one person on stage that can totally <laughs> take over and screw you, it's that guy. <laughs> I, you know, if you want a song to end, your drummer can end it. 
That's it. There's one person on stage that can actually play a song ending, and it's always the drum in a in a you know traditional band scenario like that, right? Yeah. The drummer is the one that plays the end. And I had a friend tell me that in high school. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, he was, you know, he was, he was a, well, he's one of these guys that can play anything. And so he was an excellent drummer. And, and at the time, I'm sure he was a better drummer than me. Um, but he was playing guitar or whatever. And, and, you know, we were talking about, I'm like, well, I'll let you end it. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. You, the, you're the only one that can actually end a song. You know that, right? I'm like, oh, but he's right. You know, <laughs> like I wield great power, but it's true. So funny. Yeah. And I mean, that movie, you know, at the end really kind of showed, hopefully as a drummer, you never have to act as much as that kid did on that um, impulse and wield that power that way. But, um, but you certainly know that it's possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I could, uh, that said, views from the stage is a very interesting topic. So, you know, I, we just spent a little time talking about that the best vantage point is probably from the throne. But everybody's observing stuff, and and uh, certainly as a as the lead, you know how people come up and make requests. Mm. I always here's my my favorite one. It is hysterical to me. You ever have this happen, or ever have it happen to your lead person? He's in the middle of singing a song, oh. and, and someone wants to come up and have a conversation with them about the request. Happens right? all the like, time. Is that the craziest thing? And I've had it happen to me. You know, if the, if the setup is such that I'm even somewhat exposed because I talk a lot and, and so people feel like they can approach me, which is fine. But in the middle of a song, yeah, it's crazy. It, I, it, how do you even, I know that you're probably not a musician and so you don't actually understand what you're doing, but you've been in the bar more than four minutes. You kind of get what's going on here. I'd be more like, you understand the concept of interrupting somebody yeah. in any, in any aspect of life, That's much funny. less when they're working. <laughs> well, the, the great comment is, Hey, look, like when somebody comes up on the stage and tries to sing, if you really want to send them down, what you tell them is, Hey, look, I don't, you know, I don't, what, what did one of my lead singers say, which is a terrible thing. Cause it's going to uh, insult somebody. But he said, uh, I don't come and take the broom out of your hand when you're working, <laughs> <laughs> which is terrible to say, because, you know, I actually have great respect for the folks that clean my home and all that. So <laughs> that's pretty funny, though. But, it, but it is kind of funny in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. do something about them. Yeah. I would say that the, the funnest part about about the vantage point from the stage, you ever have those gigs where people are dancing, people are singing. There's people dancing by themselves. Just the, you've, you've laid the vibe right. And it's that energy that starts to come back more, not just energy. Cause you can create energy with a lot of different things, Sure, but that, that, that wafting of joy the flow. that, you know, yeah, you created a moment for people. That's the time to have a vantage point from the stage. I mean, when you, when you've achieved that, the things that you can see, literally guys dancing by themselves, yep. right? You know, if you play in bars, you know, there's certain scenes that play out over and over. And over. You know, guys picking up on girls, girls picking up on guys, girls picking up on girls, guys picking up on guys. Sure. I mean, there's stuff that happens, you know, people behaving badly, people behaving good. But but those moments when a band has truly done their job and owns the vibe and the vibe is that of pure joy, all the crap in life can be set aside for a couple hours and this thing that's going to happen in this room at this time is going to transport everybody and the way people act when you've achieved that that to me is the ultimate part about performing live music that, i mean that to me 
no matter what is going on in your life, that will carry you for a good long time if you're able to give people that experience. And like I said, you see people smiling, you see people dancing by themselves, you see strangers who don't know each other being totally open to, you know, dancing or singing or waving their hands together or, you know, those moments, only live music can do that. And that to me is the most rewarding thing in the world. Yeah. Oh no. It's, that's the essence of joy right there. It's, um, we had, uh, we've had those moments actually more often than not, uh, at our Cirque du Mac gigs together. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Not all of them, mind you, but, but most of them, I would even say. Uh, yeah. We had a little bit of a Homer crowd who was rooting for us and right, that certainly right. it doesn't helps, hurt. helps Garrett doesn't hurt. <laughs> but when you can go in somewhere, you know, when you're really on top of your game as a band and you can, you know, you're booked an hour from your home and, you know, you may have a, you know, a handful of loyalists who come with you, but your job is, is entirely new, fresh blood, as they say. Yep. And you can go out and, and give people that. And that's the goal every night. I mean, I know it is the goal for me. And, uh, you know, everything about what you've learned about, you know, the licks that work, the harmonies that work, the song orders that work, the, the, the spiels between songs, the introductions to songs, the band introduction, the whole thing. That is why we do what we do is to be able to affect on other human beings positively and you know, have this transference of joy. That is the ultimate thing. And so for views from the stage, like I said, people dance with people they never met before. People singing along to their favorite songs, you know, whether they know them or not. People dancing by themselves. You, we can do that. That's what we can do. And it's, uh, it's, it's magnificent. It's pretty special. I agree. Yeah, that's yep. pretty awesome. Well, do we wrap it? That seems like a good spot to wrap this up, Paul. Yeah, this is a fun one. I agree. I agree. A lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a logo coming, uh, which probably by the time anyone's hearing this, you'll already see the logo. But just to give you an idea of the genesis of how this is working. So we've got a logo and a theme song coming. Uh, I feel like, well, the logo is mandatory before we can get this thing out there because iTunes uh, store won't let us in without one. Uh, the theme song might actually come after the fact. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but, uh, yeah, and then I can't got, wait to get uh, this just, out. So, yeah, I can't, I was going to say, we'll ha- also have, be able to announce like a distribution site. So, you know, ways that people can, can find this alternate ways so you guys can share. And then we got to um, figure out how to start, um, getting listeners involved, starting to take some suggestions yeah. and, you know, for topics and stuff like that. So, all good stuff that uh, is coming down the pike. Yeah. Gig. Yeah. Uh, it'll be at giggabpodcast.com. That's uh, by the time you hear this, that's the place that you will want to go. So uh, yeah, good stuff. Well, all right, Dave, stay warm back there, man. Don't let the snow get you down. Thanks, man. You, uh, you, you, uh, you, well, you enjoy California, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs>